Aloha everybody, Kamaka Brown here with the Aloha Friday video podcast brought to you by the Sandwich Islands Social Network. The Aloha Friday show with the Sandwich Islands Social Network is a series of interesting, fun conversations sharing the lives and journey of people in our island community wherever they may be. The Sandwich Islands Social Network is a non-profit organization serving Hawaiians and Hawaiians at heart away from their island homes, and we gratefully accept tax-deductible donations to support the work we do in the community. And to find out exactly how you can do that, on the upper right-hand side of your screen, you'll see sandislands.org. Go there, and uh, you can find out how you can support the work that we do. So, welcome aboard to the Aloha Friday Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget... Uh, if you're watching our live broadcast, the Aloha Friday show with the Sandwich mm-hmm. Island Network is a live, interactive, chat-driven show. So we welcome your comments and uh, your questions and all that good stuff. We love to hear from you. So right now, please welcome to uh, our show. In fact, our guest is in the green room right now enjoying the sushi platter. We had some smoked marlin all the way we brought from Kona, and uh, these local boys going to enjoy it. Um, as you see... This uh, guest has many faces. He is a uh, Hawaiian-born Clyde Kusatsu. Welcome, Clyde. What's up? <laughs> hey, aloha. Aloha What's to up? you. Good. We're doing good. Yeah. By the way, I have to tell you, yeah. I've, got, I've got to tell you, um, that we do have many hoonies that are uh, part of my crew here. Um, you may not um, see them. But if you look in the back up there in the trees behind me, Clyde, um, those are many hoonies up there. And I don't think this has happened on any of the interviews or conversations you've had online. They blow the Portuguese conch shell to welcome our guests. Here we go. That's the first Portuguese conch shell. And there's another one in the other branch. There you go. You've been officially welcomed. <laughs> to, to okay. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> Get up. Oh, my there. goodness. Now, before we went on the air, you and I were talking about uh, you have done uh, many, many interviews. You've done, uh, and all of them, our friends can simply Google your name, Clyde Kusatsu, and my goodness, can find out all about the fantastic uh, journey that you've had going from born uh, and raised in Honolulu, coming to uh, the continent here, uh, ending up in Hollywood, and for uh, almost a half a century now, is that long? You have been a working actor, uh, and I think we better talk about movies that you haven't been in. Were you in with Clark Gable and Gone with the Wind? Were you in that one? Uh, No, missed that one. (laughs) Okay. But but he has been in just about every other movie, and uh, if you Google his name, you will see that his resume runs forever, and uh, we'll talk about some of that in a little bit. But um, I want to welcome some of our, our, our friends who have already popped in here. They're very excited to be with you here. Um, here is a good friend of mine, Thyra Abraham. She is part of our Sandwich Islands Social Network Ohana. She says, Aloha, Kamaka, and Clyde. Uh, very uh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, uh, Thyra just had a birthday. She turned sweet 39 for um, 
not the second time. I'm going to get in trouble. But she had a birthday, and we were at her birthday party. We had a good time. There's Marty Ross. Aloha, Friday, but Marty, he is uh, with us. Clyde, this guy can make mochi. He makes lilikoi mochi and butter mochi. The name of his bake shop is Brook the Mouth Bake Shop. And Marty does amazing with ube cookies. And um, he is cranking up his bake shop. Uh, and I think I should put some of that inside of our, um, our green room for you. Maybe we'll do that next time. Here's Laura Brower. <laughs> Laura says, Laura Brower says, Aloha. Nice to have all of you with us. Did I, miss, I didn't miss anybody. Okay, Bennett is saying her aloha. Um, and um, she's asking, do you have a favorite role? We'll talk about those movie roles and uh, some of the work that you've done in a little bit. But um, you were brought up in Kaimaki. That's where you guys lived. Where in Kaimaki did you guys live? Uh, before we start the Kaimaki phase, yes, my early years mm. was uh, in Punchbowl, Punchbowl area oh. on Lusitana Street. You're kidding? Just, uh, no, no, it was like um, I was lived on. Fashion. I lived on 1319, 1319 Lusitana Street early on. Where did? What was? Do you remember your address? Eighteen eighty-eight Lusitana Street. We're just a Henry's few blocks. Market used to be right there. <laughs> We just lived it's a right, there was a yeah, you know, from Punchbowl, it hit the street, and then just a little bit to the right was Henry's Market, old fashioned thing yep. with uh, big old wood and you know stuff. And then there were like about five houses in like a courtyard, right? There's one, two, three, four, and then you walked down a little path and you were down in that park. Oh my goodness! Just across the little canal from the school. I forget oh the name of that school. And that's no more, though. It's all gone. I think there's, like, maybe an old-time apartment kind of 60s style there now. <laughs> but um, oh, there was God. only one garage next to Henry's, and my father was able to rent it because he had a car. We were uh, the only ones that had a car. And um, when – I think when I – at a certain age – we were able to move to Wailai Avenue in Kaimuki, right next to 2nd Avenue, because my grandfather and my father, or maybe the whole Ohana, contributed to buy two houses on a lot. Now, that, that house, those houses are no more, because it was right next to the Shell Station on Wailai and 2nd. And the Shell Station is still there, uh, but that was the second phase. But <laughs> the first phase was Lusitana Street. And you're on Lusitana Street? We lived on, right, oh, right, right, uh, right above the border water supply. Um, there's a, in fact, the border water oh. supply was across the street on Lusitana. And then just a few more blocks, and that was down um, uh, 1,800 blocks. So we were like uh, uh, five blocks apart. <laughs> That's amazing. My okay. God. <laughs> Small uh, world, small world, and I know Henry's Market. That was that was a place. Uh, okay, I have to tell you, uh, is there a statute of limitations for um, for um, shoplifting? <laughs> we we called it five finger no. discount. <laughs> five finger discount. At Henry's Market, I, I think back now. I'm so sorry if any relatives of Henry is is watching me. Uh, we um. What is the name of those Japanese candies? Um, you keep the wrapper on. It just, it just, um, 
uh, evaporates. I mean, Mills, right? I don't know the name of it. Uh, uh, so, somebody will he remember. He had the old-fashioned, and he had the old-fashioned Coke uh, holder, which is cold water in there, right? Yeah. Keep it cold. You take it out. Take it out. Take it out. It didn't have a fast machine or anything. Yeah, and it was like kind of dark. Yeah, it's not any modern thing at all. It was like something out of the 30s and 40s that There's survived. Saving electricity but, over know, there. I guess. I guess. So, but they, really, I do remember the the what do you call the Manapua sales. The Manapua mm-hmm. the guys coming by on the, mm-hmm. the Manapua. Manapua. Like and then yep. the and then the portable uh, like um, grocery trucks they used to come by. And people would buy their fruit or vegetables, vegetables and stuff. They would open up the oh, sides. Yeah. yeah, come and open up the yeah, sides. On the Stop. sides, yeah. <laughs> and then you kept um, in the back of the house or up the stairs from the kitchen, everybody had like a 10-gallon or 5-gallon Western oil square kind of thing with a wooden top that you put slop in. And the pig <laughs> and farmers the, the from Cocoa Head will come by. And would pick up the slop to feed the pigs. Exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness, because it was. Th- uh, I bet you didn't realize that. Huh? You thought it was some middle class kid that grew up in Kaimuki, uh, kind of a little higher uh, above kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, I remember. high class. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, all right. So, so your mom was a school teacher, right? Your, yeah. Your mom, yeah, okay, all teacher. right. And, and where did she teach school? She taught at uh, Kapalama Elementary School okay. in Kalihi uh-huh. on School Street. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, right next door was the Bishop Museum. And then you walked two or three blocks. It was uh, Kalakawa Intermediate, tough school. And then <laughs> another couple of blocks, Farrington High, tougher. <laughs> the kind of place that uh, a little Japanese kid did not want to go at all, you know, because I think of a Pound your ass, you know? <laughs> right? No. Uh, uh, so let me take it back yeah, here. No, it, does this, does so this, build, does this building look familiar? Yeah, that's Carter Hall. That's Carter Hall. They used to have assemblies there. At Kapalama Elementary. OMG. Kapalama Elementary, yeah. OMG. That should bring back, look at that schoolyard there. Um, yikes. Yeah, what right a- across from the Cam <laughs> Shopping Center. Cam Shopping Center in Kalihi. I remember that commercial at the Cam yeah. Shopping Center in Kalihi. Let me see. What is this other one I got? I got that one for you. And, ooh, yeah. there's the parking lot of Kapalama. Yeah, the parking lot, that's a Carter Hall to the right. And that's that middle one is, I think, the fifth and sixth grade building uh-huh. that uh, you went to. And there's wow. a field further back that every May Day, they put up the pole, and you have to do the dance oh, around the maypole. You know the the May Day celebrations. Oh my goodness! May Day celebration. Okay, okay. They so don't wait. do it anymore. Right no, no, no. Hold on a second. So you went to Kapalama what? Elementary. Your mom is a teacher. Kindergarten the sixth. What was it like being, being the the uh, child of the uh, school teacher at the very school that you went to? What was that like? It was like being uh, a leper because <laughs> you, you couldn't, they didn't trust you because your mama was a school teacher there. You didn't hang with them after school and um, yeah, it's fine. But it, it was like, um, I do remember all that 
the whole series, right? We used to have like a garden. Everybody would have a plot. And then there was also where you clear it out and you do marbles, right? You make the holes and everybody was, you do play marbles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You get the Puri and the Kawai and all that shit. That five span. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that whole kind of thing. You and I know about it. We age ourselves by that. Nobody knows about that stuff anymore. You know, they think about things like badminton or uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they don't think yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, you used to carry your own, you know, your thing, and you have to be very careful because yeah. you get yeah. taken away if you lose it. You put the other guy gets it. You know, here's C Honda. And, uh, we used to Sianda uh, says, "How's it, Kamaka and Clyde?" And she's, "This is for you, Clyde. How's it? Don't, don't eat the food from the green room. It's a week old. Hey, stop! <laughs> no. Oh, is that what it is? Not only is a week old, it's imaginary. Babe. It's what Kamaka says it is, but it ain't. And I have to pretend it. Oh, you know, see, you're getting me in trouble here. Oh my goodness. Here's Thyra. She says, we were neighbors. I live in Paoa Valley, close to Lusitana. That's right. Right there is Paoa. Um, Paoa oh, yeah. Valley. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. In fact, uh, she said. That she was would, like if you went, it's to the right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, she says, is the park you're talking about called Booth Park? I remember Booth Park. That was up in Paoa Valley, though. She says, I live right across the street from Booth Park. Hey, all those no, guys. No, that must be a different one. Yeah, it must off. be a different one. Yeah. There, yeah, there, there, was a, uh, there was a big park, big monkey pod trees, and there was like the river or the stream. Mm-hmm. You have to go across, and then the next would be a school there, I forget. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, it's not many people remember that, that kind of like plantation kind of camp. It's like a plantation camp, kind of four or five houses, that type of mm-hmm. um, building, you know. The uh, summertime or whenever the termites would come out, if you take a bath, they'd all fall in the bathtub. <laughs> and the toilet was, uh, you had to pull you had to you, pull down the chain. You can always tell when it got a little bit hot. All the termites came out underneath the street lights, yeah? They're all buzzing around the street lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> but when okay. you took a bath, they join you. They, yeah. <laughs> they like the reflection in the, in, in the water, man, you know? Um, they drown, yeah. They drown. So, so let's go back to you being a leper. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Because, you know, you were a teacher's kid. But I don't know, when I was, uh, back in the day, you know, a lot of kids were barefoot. But being a teacher's kid, you have to wear shoes. So there was that, that set aside. And, and a lot of times, I, what I remember is that the, everybody used to go to the cafeteria, which was in the middle and you had to do duty like slop cans or work the the, uh, the dishwasher. 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 And, then you, and you would always have, they used to bake in the morning fresh coconut pie. Oh. Coconut, shredded coconut pie. Yeah. That custard pies. And they would serve, you know, substantial meals today for mm-hmm. 35 cents, right? Mm-hmm. You get uh, rice and uh, maybe meatloaf and uh, string beans or whatever. And then uh, everybody, you, you you never brought your lunch to it. Well, no, some some kids brought their paper bag, but most of the times you just got your ticket and got your your, your lunch or whatever. And yeah. we'd have to do KP duty either in the morning or l- later on, so help the cooks or or whatever. 
you get exposed a lot. And um, we used to have, it was mostly local, but there was maybe a few Howleys, girls and boys, and everybody would ostracize them. And, and I was a young kid. I went, what's so different? You know, hey, I'd always be the one making, <laughs> hey, hi, what, what, what are you doing? Got it. And make friends type of thing, you know. Yeah, um, yeah that, that kind of stuff. Um, so you maybe had, it's because also you had to you, you had to have good grades too because as a as a um, teacher's um, uh, son of you, I mean there, there was no messing around here. You had to you had to be a certain well, caliber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you went all of a sudden, you didn't want to go to the office because the vice principal had a rubber hose that they displayed. <laughs> Back in the day, now you can't do it anymore. No, because that implicit threat—you got parents who will just be indignant and rise up, type of thing. Uh, but that was—I remember our principal was Mrs. Carter, Ooh. a real battle axe, you know, kind of. And then the vice principal was a Japanese guy, and and those are the days when you just went from with almost the same people, right from the. Kindergarten, the first grade, second grade, third grade—you uh, follow the whole path. And um, there was one kid that years later he got in touch with me, Randall Kusaka, and uh, we had lunch together in Westwood. And then another time, I was at Heathrow in London, and another, I heard people talking, and I don't remember her, but she went to went to Kapalama. And she was traveling, you know. I went, oh, hey, how you doing? I don't know if it was Joel, Kaya. Or anyway, there's a few names that still are in repository. Wow. In the brain nodes, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Now, now I, full, I have a... Full disclosure, Clyde. Full disclosure, Clyde. Yeah. Were you ever a JPO? Yes, junior police officer. I was <laughs> second... I was a sergeant. There was oh. a captain and a lieutenant. No, that's right, Randy... Randy was the captain. Stephen Powell was the lieutenant. I was one of two sergeants. Uh, we'd have my the whistle, the red helmet, white shirt, blue pants. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and that, that's khaki pants. We had the blue pants. No tie. Uh -huh. oh, wait, did we have a tie? Uh, and then, so I got to hold the whistle. The patrol guys had the big stop sign with the aluminum pole right that you would go like this bring it down stop the traffic everybody's supposed to stop and whistle one go down boop boop whistle two go up. Up. <laughs> and you know you had no problem with the cars or the buses they would follow the rules and they would stop they didn't throw they didn't fly a finger or anything like that, you know, that would have happened today oh my head has uh, changed <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also make sure you wove your lanyard, right, that had the whistle. Uh -huh. And then the the, mat, the flag going up in the morning, taking down in the evening, you know. Oh, it's that's right. That, you, guys, you guys took the yeah. flag. You guys, that's right. I forgot about that. the flag that. also. You know. the flag. So, and then my patrol, my, my territory was marching down to the block. And it was a corner, inter intersection right across the street was where all the buses where the camp, camp, Kamehameha students would gather to take them up to the campus further up the hill. Then across from there was the cemetery that was a uh, scary man, like a bucket and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to screw around there. 
It's too freaky. Type of thing. <laughs> uh, I think the cemetery is still there too. Yes, it is. Uh, some of my ohana is buried. In fact, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, ah. is buried there. And I have some cousins okay. um, that you know passed away in the twenties and thirties. It shows you how old oh. that grave graveyard is. And we, as a yeah, uh, yeah. as a young man. I would go to my parents' uh, Memorial Day on, on certain days, and we take flowers and, and stuff over there. Fyra says, I was a JPO at Kaimiki Intermediate, and she was a lieutenant. Well, did you get a whistle too then? Did you have a whistle, Fyra? Because Clyde says he had a whistle. So um, we'll see. <laughs> wow, Kaim Kaimiki Intermediate, that was another tough school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a friend of mine from... Uh, from uh, Kailua, Charlie Young. What's up, Charlie? Good to see you, brother. Charlie is um, uh, a buddy when we used to work in the hotels together um, uh, as well. And uh, Thara says, yes, I had a whistle. So, okay, well. It, uh -huh. it, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, now, when you think back, yeah. let's say you and I are going to jump on a plane. We both live here in Southern California. We're going to end up in Honolulu. Uh, we're going to call for a car. A car will pick us up. We're both hungry. Where are we going to go eat? That's tough, man, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of the spots are gone. Mm. You know, you could, in the past, you could go swing by Kapalani near the old Star Bulletin advertiser and go to Columbia Inn. Columbia right? Inn. Or you can go to Flamingos, right? Mm -hmm. And then further down King Street, you could go to Wisteria. Wisteria. Right? Oh. Wisteria. Then if that... you head up to Waikiki, I mean, Kaimuki, up a Wailai, right by the Queen Theater, would be Kaimuki Inn that would yes. have good food. Yes. You know? yes. And now, all those, oh, also on near um, Alamoana Center would, would be Leaky Leaky Drive-In, right? Leaky Leaky. You have Simon. Leaky, leaky, remember? It was Absolutely. there for the longest time. My parents, COVID did it in. My parents COVID were in. were friends with the owners, uh, the Nakos. The Nako family owned huh? it. And um, my we would sneak in, uh, and because anytime they saw us, they would automatically cop us. They, they wouldn't uh, tell the waitress, don't bring a check over there. So my dad and mom would always sneak in, and we look around the back because um, uh, Mr. Nako had this big Cadillac um that he drove around with the fins you know and if the cadillac wasn't there yeah. that means he was at a meeting or something and okay well, let's go you know and we go in uh and the the game was we would enjoy eating there but try to get out of there so we could pay because it was a great place to go but if uh, the nakos saw us um they would always they were so gracious on those that family uh from the leaky uh, great memories of leaky leaky yeah so i gotta tell you we grew up in hawaii at that time, the 50s, right, 50s, 60s, mm. it gives you a different kind of um, idea what culinary dishes are, right? It's like corned beef and cabbage. Well, back then, corned beef and cabbage was open the can of corned beef, mix it with the onions and chopped cabbage, mix them all up, and then put it on the rice, right? So when I'm on the man, he says, oh... We're going to have corned beef and cabbage. I went, what the hell is this with the potatoes and the carrots and the big cooked cabbage? Where's the rice? There's no rice. 
Well, I, I, you have you've got potatoes. You've got potatoes. You don't need rice. What are you talking about? I need my rice. Hey, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. We, we never put potatoes. Or like um, we're having mahi mahi. Now at Leaky Leaky Driving, when you had uh, mahi mahi, would be a fillet battered with a light ba- egg batter, and then with the tartar sauce and the lemon with rice. You could have it for morning, lunch, or dinner, right? And then you go to these restaurants, it's mahi-mahi, you're going, what's this big white piece of fish? It doesn't look like the mahi-mahi. It doesn't no. have the same taste. Then you have no. to redevelop your taste. You go, oh, because you don't want to seem like a country bumpkin, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, where, the, where the hell would you go? <laughs> but here's, here's, something, here's something, though. Okay, I'm going to mention one fish, and I want, I want to see your reaction. Tilapia. No. <laughs> no, not back, back from back then. Now, of course, they're going. Oh, okay. Yeah. But back then, tilapia was like junk. <laughs> when I first got caught in the stream, yes. and throw it away. Papalama Canal. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I got here. Kind of water, you know. I got here in '97, and friends take me out to dinner. Fairly nice restaurant, you know. I mean, uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. a fast food place. And, open up the menu and I see tilapia on there and I'm looking around like, am I on an alternate planet or what? They have tilapia on the menu? OMG, you know, and then of course, uh, yeah. I've gotten used to seeing it, but yeah, junk fish, as you say, well, we grew up with that. Yeah, junk oh, fish, yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, here's Nate Jones. <laughs> Nate says, Aloha Clyde, mahalo for coming oh. on. My mom went kalap. Kapalama Elementary, Kalakawa Intermediate, and Farrington. And you already know my dad went to Iolani. That's right. Now, Nate Jones is our production assistant. He makes all the bookings possible. So mahalo, Nate, for uh, uh, coordinating. And um, uh, he's the talent coordinator for the Aloha Friday show. So, oh, uh, oh man. So, okay. Now, how did you get? So you went Kapalama Elementary. And then from there Iolani. to Iolani. Iolani. Now, that was well, a... that, well, I tell you, it's sort of like, it was like, I would have had to go to intermediate school at Kainuki, uh, just at the start, top of Kapahulu. No, not Kapahulu, but um, it was the old Cinerama Theater right across the street from there. Mm-hmm. Washington. There's a big Zippies right next to Washington. Yeah. Oh, is that Washington? That's Washington. Oh. That's where I went. <laughs> I had to. I would have to have gone to Washington, mm. and that was a tough school. You know, if you had mm. the cocky drapes that are like twelve oh. inches wide, right? I didn't have that. I would have jeans, right, or the thin ones. I was already. I was target, target acquisition, that kind of thing, and I was scared. And I said, "Well, to avoid that, you could go to Yelani. It was an old boys' school at the time." Oh, I said. Okay, I'm going to do it. Let me take the test, right? And it actually, it was, for me, one of the best experiences, you know, because it was uh, uh, all boys Episcopal uh, school. Uh, it was founded originally in 1863 by, uh, I think it was King Kalakawa the fourth and his wife for local people. It was in Maui. And where Punho was a, uh, the missionaries, the white missionary Haoles would go there. Iolani had Asians and Hawaiians or whatever. And I think at that time, the so it was all like 
kind of prep school attitude. When you went to school, every day you had seven, no, six solids, six main courses. So we all had to carry either a briefcase or the old Pan Am bag or United (laughs) bag or TWA bag loaded with six books and folders, you know, and then you had homework. So there was no cocking around type of thing. Yeah. Especially if your parents said, we're paying for this. And then your mother's (laughs) a school teacher. You know how hard we work. Don't you have shame? I mean, shame was really big back then. Yeah. It should be now. It's mm. kind of not anymore. Yeah. Uh, there are certain uh, code of ethics, how you handle things. Um, it, it, it was, you also have to understand what culture you're in, man. You know, so like sometimes um, you learn to adapt. And that's what I learned to do. I mean, the, I think the biggest thing is you learn to adapt because at Yelani, you also were exposed to a different, what do you call it, culture in a way, more mainland, mainstream type of thing, what you're going to encounter. And <clears throat> at the, at what what is your desire to do, right? And a lot of times kids at that age, they have no idea what they want to do. I mean, the idea was to get a job, work in the hotel, man. You get, you know, make some, uh, get a job doing that or go to work at Dole Pineapple. Or Del Monte, right? And I got I got a good taste of that in high school when I got my first job at Dole, the summer school, a dollar an hour working on the palletizer in the afternoon shift. <laughs> you know, I'm going, huh, really? <laughs> and then, so, because I, I wanted to do theater, and this was it, the, um, so I think it was 60, summer 69. No, no, summer 65, I was at Dole. Then the summer 66, I started off at Dole. But then I wound up getting cast. Herb Rogers, it was the inaugural summer season of summer professional summer stock at the OHIC concert hall. And it was like um, they were casting all, uh, The King and I with Anne Blythe, uh, the famous 40s MGM starlet and this actor named Joel Fabiani, and they were looking for the crown prince. And my choir teacher at Ilani, Helen No Lee, was sort of like my mentor, had seen that I had potential when, like, I was 14. Oh! (laughs) That's Helen. That is Helen. Helen passed away 2018. Um, Yes. But uh, she was... Uh, uh, instrumental in kind of uh, guiding you um, early on, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, she, she got me involved in like um, recitals. She got me involved in the theater, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a would have uh, musical productions with the girls coming from Punahou or, and St. Andrew's Priory. And so like for these, an all-boys school is like, hey, great. Hey. <laughs> and, and being in the choir, too, is like, Oh, you could go sing uh, like a service at Punahou or St. Andrew's Priory, and you'd be walking down with your classic on and everything. Hey, did you get that chick over there? Yeah, well, that was really <laughs> nice. But that's how I got exposed. She says, you know, we've had somebody drop out, and we, we, we'd like to invite you to be in the chorus. I went, well, I didn't have to audition, so that was cool. Yeah. And But it was like discovering your world. All of a sudden, it's like, I like this. This is, 
This is a great environment. And that's how I got started. So anyway, summer of 66, um, I got, she got me an audition with the director and then the, the head musical orchestrator, Donald Yap. And Don, I think, was Iolani as well. And it was a big Broadway orchestrator conductor in New York. So that summer also, Wisa Dorso was one of the stars. And Wisa is from Nanakuli. No, no, local, Nanakuli. She's a local girl. Yeah, why, the local girl. Mm-hmm. Kakaako. No, Papakalea. Papakalea. And she was married to this guy, uh, Jim. Uh, oh, Christ. It's 74 years old and slipping. Anyway, <laughs> he wound up, he wound up um, the artistical, artistic director at uh, Honolulu Community, HCT, Honolulu Community Theater of Fort Ruger. But um, they were, he was the choreographer and Wisa was one of the, the summer stars. And so it was like, I got cast as a, as a crown prince and I got great reviews and I wound up getting invited to stay on as his unpaid intern, you know, uh, just doing little errands and stuff around. It was like being welcomed into this world where you do the rap after a show, everywhere we go down to the Don Ho's uh, at Duke's and you didn't have to stand in line. You just were like, cause you were the show in town. So you were invited there and some of the people like Howard Keel or whatever be invited to the stage with Don, Don. <laughs> and the Ali's. And so it was like a different world. It was like so um, rarefied in a way. It was like, this is like, this ain't Dole Pineapple Cannery, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, another way to, to look at things is karma. So the next summer, summer of, um, what was it, 67. I wound up getting a job at Primo Brewery uh-huh. at the, so from four, the night shift. And that was a good job to get because you got $3.49 an hour as opposed to the dollar an hour. Uh-huh. And all the Primo beer you could drink <laughs> and you could get cases of Primo without the label, uh, like at like cost, whatever, you know. And yeah. um, so that was, that was like cool, right? But yeah. you're still on the break. You're with all these... Samoan Hawaiians and they're going, hey, bro, what you reading? And I go, well, it's a little book called The Hobbit and another one called Lord of the Rings. What's it about? And I said, well, there's these little Many hoonies. Uh, <laughs> I never thought of that. I didn't think of that, you know, like orcs and stuff like that. And I went, you know, I think it was one of those things where at that time I was back home licking my wounds because my freshman year at Northwestern, I had a teacher confront me and said, uh, you you want to be an actor? How can you possibly think of being one? There's only the king and I and Tiasa of the August moon. How could you possibly make a living doing that? Mm. And it was really uh, to the heart of it. You know, it was, but I kept it, you know, Asian style, you, you absorb it. You didn't, you know, uh-huh. but it was just like, oh, my God. But then working in the brewery at late night shift and then the graveyard shift where you had to clean up all that stuff. And um, I said, no, if I, I'm going to go back. If I have to work 10 times harder than any other Howie to get noticed, I will. So long story short, the next three years, by the time I graduated Northwestern, I was considered a working actor. Half the professors would cast me. The other half wouldn't. 
but would always ha hold me up as an example of a working actor in the department. <laughs> and in the meantime, I would do summer stock in Colorado, wow. Michigan City, Indiana. And all the roles I played from, from college through graduation and summer stock were non-Asian roles. They were all character roles. Yeah. So that was a good experience because it, it provided you with a, 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 a broader canvas and experience and stuff. In fact, when I went to came to L.A. or Hollywood in, in 71, all of a sudden I became an Oriental actor. Ah. It was like, all of a sudden, no, you can't go off of that. I said, what do you mean? I, I did this, I did that. No, you're not. You can only do this, this, and this. Yeah. And then I wound up getting involved with East West Players. Uh, Mako was the artistic director. This was 72. Where I relearned and reconnected with the Japanese and Asian heritage and culture as well. And yeah. all the things you do winds up helping you later on down, at least for an actor, in being able to do certain roles and being having the ability to, to get the role and be authentic in the role. You know? Yeah, you probably but came across... You probably came across a classmate of mine, Keone Young. Keone Young. Uh, oh my uh, God, Keone he, Young is your classmate? He and I, same year Roosevelt. Uh, and, uh, That's Keone, right, he is Roosevelt. Yeah, Keone and I um, hung yeah. out together. He was a good buddy. In fact, I saw him a couple, uh, maybe about two months ago. Um, we got together and uh, we did some we did some stuff. But uh, yeah, Keone also was with East West. Yeah, uh, with Ma he looks at yeah, Marco, yeah, yeah. Marco as... Marco has one of his mentors, too, as well. Yeah. Here's Thyra, yeah. and she says, did you meet Anne Blythe? She's my favorite actress. Yeah, he worked yeah, with Yeah, I worked Anne with Blythe. her. I worked yeah. with Anne Blythe in those that two weeks doing yeah. The King and I. In fact, well, Emma Viri played Lady Tiang, my mother. Oh, my goodness. Emma Viri, what a beautiful voice and a beautiful lady. Yeah. And here's, yeah. A, here's the thing about uh, the synchronicity of stuff. So flash forward 1989-90, I'm a regular on Island Sun with Richard Chamberlain. And Richard and his boyfriend or husband at the time mm. were very much into spiritualism and they had their own spiritual advisor and she was Nana Viri. Nana Viri wrote a lot of books uh, and someone described Nana Viri as, you know, a woman could go down to the water and slap it and say things and do a chant and the fish would come, that's Nana. Mm -hmm. And that's when um, she would grab my hand and she'd look in my eyes and say, yes, you're a good soul, you, you have it. <laughs> and it was an early sign in a way. I mean, I didn't understand things like a retreat and um, meditation. And it was one part of the exercise. I mean, I followed through because everybody else was doing it. But then at one point it says, now go out find a tree and hug it. And I went, oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Then I fought it. And finally, I went, oh, all right. And then I found a tree, and I hugged the tree. And, you know, act as if. And then after I finished, all of a sudden, I looked up in the branch. There was this bird looking at me. And it wasn't a cardinal. It wasn't a minor bird. It wasn't a brown sparrow. This was this very exotic bird. I thought, I've never seen in all my <laughs> life at that time. And so, yeah, what? You know, and it's like, okay, put it away. Because I wasn't ready to take the signs of what was being exposed to me, right? Mm -hmm. 
It's only upon reflection. So anyway, Nana, of course, I ran, I, I reconnected with Emma, and Emma was like, "Oh yes, Clyde, I remember that. You, you remember me?" I went, "Are you kidding me?" Aside from the fact that you were married to Jay Alcuhead Papuli, yeah. you know, you were like one of the top singers at at, at the Royal Hawaiian and stuff yes. like that. Yes. But here was like a uh, to me in my head it was like, oh, it's switched now. She's saying, oh, mm. I know you. I remember, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what well, I I met this gal, uh, Helen Nolie's daughter, was a graduate. One of her daughters was a graduate of um, Puno, and is a network no as a film and network uh, executive in the business. And we had met because at our 50th reunion at Iolani, the headmaster's assistant was Helen's younger daughter. And I went, huh. oh, my God. And then told about the sister. And then that's how I reconnected with Helen. And I sent her an autographed picture. And I had intended to uh, have a reunion. But then she had passed. So that ah. was, but I was able to tell them how much her their mom meant uh for yeah. me and how i considered her an early mentor full who really circle. kind of pushed me along pushed full me circle. around creatively you know yeah, but it's full, full circle, circle. so yeah. anyway you know what it's so quite we're gonna we're gonna take a we need to take a break hold on to that thought we're gonna take okay. a little break um and so if i'm going back into the green room yes no we, we <laughs> We'll be, oh, no, we'll, if you take a little we'll, break, can I go to the... Uh, yes, yes, you can go to the lure. <laughs> we'll be right back with Clyde Kusatsu. <laughs> I dig it out like them little bells. Anyway, I'm here for the King Slopper Challenge. Well, hey now, you got it, partner. <laughs> go away! There is no ice cream in the truck! I don't normally do this, but if you want to get together for dinner or something, my wife and I have kind of an arrangement. Holy crap! What? Ah, that means that dish is hot and spicy. You should have a little star next to you. Oh, Johnny. Oh, hi. Oh, there you are. Yeah, could you start us with an order of egg rolls? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm afraid you're making a little mistake here. Oh, yeah, there's going to be four of us. Better make that two orders. Billy, please stop ordering. Hey, don't worry. If your boyfriend's too cheap, I'll pay for it. How do you, stranger? What is your poison? Doi! 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 You listening to Rush? Too late. Took the code. Who are they? Terrorists? You, I should know, are hidden the numbers inside the machine. You hid the satellite code inside a game of missile? Every game. Look, we've been American citizens for over 40 years. Now, frankly, I find this very offensive. They're using some sort of dialect I've never heard before. I think we should remove. When? Oh, we could do this weekend. Wow. Are you okay? Yeah, it's, it's the idea of surgery, it's 
and on my brain. Well, I know. I guess, uh, I guess if you think we should do it. I do. Sometimes in our life, we all have pains. Checking on Friday, we do the procedure Saturday morning. You'll be home Tuesday. Oh, well. Lean on me. If you're not strong, what? I'll be your friend. Billy, you okay? Fight, fight, fight for Washington State. Win the victory. Win the day for crimson and gray. Best in the West, we know you'll all do your best. So on, 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 fight till the end. Honor and glory, you must win. So fight, fight, fight for Washington State and big. Sorry. Tan Tato from Tacoma. Do you know where you are? My guess is I'm in the clutches of the angry pink menace. <laughs> I am Suvana. We will be spending much time together. You'll get nothing from me but my scorn. <laughs> Come, this is the people's army. <laughs> from here we strike out and bring hope to the oppressed. The oppressed who are still slaves to running dog, foul-breathed, capitalist vermin like yourself. We exist only to spread the word. Tom Tuttle from Tacoma. You will be brainwashed. Me? America's son? Ha! That will be a challenge. You bet. Our enemies are all those in league with imperialism. The bureaucrats, the big landlord class, and the reactionary section of the intelligentsia attached to them. Very good, Tom. You quote the chairman well. Our enemies are all around us. We must always be on our guard. Sure, we'll lose a lot of snooze time, but that's okay. We'll catch up after the revolution's nah, over. That's enough, Tom. The leading force behind our revolution is the industrial proletariat. Our closest friends are the entire semi-proletariat, and the petty bourgeoisie! That's enough, Tom. But there's so much more. I said that's enough! The time has come to tell you your mission. Oh, yes, my mission. I'd like that very much, comrade. Good. Tom, the bridge you were building for the lying, malignant, stick-infested Yankee Peace Corps. <coughs> that bridge is important to us. It gives us an easy access across the river. We can drive our brand new people's truck across it and pass through the words of the chairman on every tree, rock, and animal for miles until we run out of the people's gas. Yes. You. Tom Tuttle of Tacoma are going to ensure that that bridge is built and that no one in Lungta interferes with our plans. In a week, I'll have that village running like Peking. And if someone does stand in your way...
Aloha and e mai. I'm Clyde Kusasu and I'm really originally born in Hawaii back in 1948, so that puts me at 70. So um, the path has been long and uh, fortuitous and uh, learning on a constant basis. And I would like to thank you for giving me and awarding me the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award for the ACMA Fifth Gala Anniversary uh, occasion. And uh, Asian Cultural and Media Alliance is what ACMA stands for. That was uh, founded by Kathleen Choi. And for the purpose of, as the mission statement says, to create awareness uh, and empower the Asian American and Pacific Islander communities through the use of television, film, and other online media. And it takes voices like yours to help do that, to help spread the word and create the awareness of the diverse cultural that exists in our country. Believe me, because when I began my career path 45 years ago, it was very much like a desert. We couldn't find ourselves up there on the screen or in the tube, or even hear ourselves on the radio. And today, well, the whole breath has changed very impressively. Uh, there is such a, if you look on the TV now, you look at commercials and everything, you see just a plethora of diversity, even with not only Asian, Asian families, but mixed races involved as well. So it slowly will impact on our populace. And uh, we have resistance, of course, but the more and more we're able to present ourselves to the public, to the world, the better and better it will become. And opportunities are existing. And it, not only in entertainment, but if you just take a look at the most recent election, um, it, there's a, such a diverse amount of uh, diverse people from women to uh, Native Americans to Asian Americans to Japanese Americans, Korean Americans, Vietnamese Americans, South Asian, all aspects of that multicultural rainbow, that Pacific Islander group, well, it'll be on display in the Congress come January of next year. So I just want to say, aside from that, that it takes a lot of aspiration if you want to be involved. But coupled with that aspiration is the willingness to expend the perspiration and also to have the resilience and um, perseverance that it will take, not to be the victim, but to move forward ahead and focus on what the goal is that we want to work towards, what you want to work towards. I've been very fortunate in my 45-year career to, to have been able to experience all levels in front of the camera, behind the mic, uh, and create a viable career. I call myself a journeyman actor, and I will continue to call myself a journeyman actor. And added to that now, I have also a labor person because I am finding great purpose by being in service to SAG-AFTRA, which is the union that covers all the performer groups from broadcasters to actor performers to background to singers to dancers into one entertainment union, the largest in the country. So let me take this time to say 
Although I apologize for not being able to be here with you in person to accept this award, I will gratifyingly accept this with humility. And besides, this is the first award I've ever achieved or been awarded in my uh, career and lifetime, so to speak. So again, mahalo nui loha, and um, thanks again. Good night. And there you go. Uh, Where the heck did you get that? <laughs> so, wow. Uh, Clyde, you are the National VP of SAG-AFTRA AFTRA, and board, on the board of directors with, um, with the um, Sc Screen Actors Guild? I, I, yeah, I, when uh, AFTRA and SAG merged, mm. um, I, was the, I was elected to be the um, first president of the SAG-AFTRA Los Angeles local. And I was also elected as the first uh, national vice president, national, or, you know, uh, vice president uh, representing Los Angeles. And this is that position I've held four, been elected four times. Uh, lately, I've been uh, moving away and I'm currently a member of the local board, but not the national board anymore. Okay. And, um, and I will soon... After 15 years of service, you know, people don't realize that when you're in leadership, no one gets paid. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're all volunteer. We're all being of service by volunteering to help. And that's very important. But at the same time, um, it is not your life. It is the danger is if you identify yourself too much with that uh, sure. and, and not, you're spreading yourself too thin and you need to take time for oneself and for your family, especially. Yeah. And now that I have uh, my first grandson, he's ah. like two and a half. Yeah, so it's like, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's working out well. And um, I couldn't believe it on this uh, little break. So you had all these, I remember I was hearing in my ear, even Steven, Tex Nagita, <laughs> even Stevens. Uh, I love doing it because you could be this Texas guy. You like my hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the thing I love doing is breaking in the stereotypes because people have a double take when they, they they don't associate the face with the kind of vocal sounds that would come out. And that was one of the problems that was really problematic as I was growing up, because if you had a face like mine or a face like yours, <laughs> yeah. it would either be pigeon coming out mm -hmm. or this chop, chop, sake pigeon coming up from me. And that was not who we are and who we were, you know, yeah. it's, we're, we're diverse. It's, it's true. But exactly. I also like the fact that you got all these old LPs. Do you have this one? Ooh, the invitations with Billy the invitation. Yeah. Oh, with Billy, Billy May, May orchestra, the Billy Bay orchestra. Yeah. Oh, wow. Try to get it the right way yeah. with the camera over to your right. Yeah, to your right. My right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. There ah, you go. Yeah. Buddy Foe and the Invitations. OMG. That you is amazing. It's just like the, uh, the high lows. Back yeah, then. or the four freshmen, the, the four-part harmonies. Yes. Yeah, the four freshmen. And then it was like uh, <laughs> Beyond the Reef. Beyond the Reef. It was like great. Okay, Clyde. So, so Clyde, I know... Um, it's amazing that an hour has gone by. I just love so much just talking story with you there, Clyde. But I, 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 I got to get this off my craw. I'm sorry. 
I apologize mm -hmm. in I apologize in advance. I have to get this off my craw. I was doing some work here, and I saw that you were on this Netflix show that's now showing on Netflix called Never Have I Ever. So it said that you were on season two of Never Have I, and this was last night, Clyde, last night, mm -hmm. around 8 o'clock, I went looking for the episode. I started on season two at episode number one. Okay. 3 a.m. this morning, I'm enjoying the show. I'm looking at my watch, and I'm going, it's 3 a.m. What the heck? It is a wonderful show. If our listeners have not or our viewers have not seen the show, it's wonderfully written. You can go into Netflix and, and find out Never Have I Ever. But I would be remiss if I didn't share this one scene from the show, if I would. Um, and you may uh, want to uh, uh, set, set this up here, and I'm, I'm making sure that I can, I can um, bring this up here, uh, where you play Ted Yoshida, Mm -hmm. who is a grandfather, um, uh, and in this scene of uh, in season two, you go to uh, a high school to explain the experience of Manzanar and uh, the concentration camp during World War II. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I want to show this and then talk a little bit about it after, after we come out of it. So here it is. Here's sure. Clyde. Here's Clyde last night at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Some of you may not know this, but I'm half Japanese. I didn't until recently. And uh, during World War II, right here in California, the government forced over 120,000 Japanese Americans to live in internment camps. My grandfather was one of them. Now, I could rattle off statistics about it, but in an attempt to go above and beyond, I thought it would be good to hear from someone who was actually there. No, he didn't. Living history. We're literally facing history. This is my grandfather, Theodore Yoshida. So, first of all, Oji-chan, you were born in the United States, correct? Yes. And even though you were an American citizen by birth, you were still considered a foreign threat. Which I was not. I was five. <laughs> Manzanar was located in a farm town that was abandoned because the water was diverted to Los Angeles, which created a desert. The summers were over 100 degrees. The winters were bitterly cold because there wasn't enough oil to go around. Now, Oji-chan, what was the hardest thing about living in the camp? Seeing my father's heartbreak. He was a proud man. But when they made him a prisoner, they stole his dignity. And I don't think he ever recovered from that. I'm sorry, Oji-chan. Which is probably why I never talked about it until now. But when I see my grandson stepping out of his comfort zone, well, it made me want to do so too. Because I am one of the last people to still remember Manzanar. I need to tell my story so no one ever forgets. <laughs> that is exactly what this class is all about. That scene is, is chicken skin, my friend. It's a great, a great scene there. Tell us, little, tell us a little bit about the, uh, Darren Barnett. Is uh, the young actor there that's with you? Yeah, Dar Darren Barnett. He's a hapa. You know, his father's, of course, uh, Caucasian Holly, and his mom's Japanese. 
Wow. And he speaks Japanese. And the interesting thing is that the reason is Paxton Yoshida and uh, Grandpa Ted Theodore Yoshida was that he was cast in the role and he was talking on the phone with someone. I forget. He was using Japanese and talking Japanese with the AD or whatever. And Mindy Kalin, who's the exec producer creator, heard that and he said, how can you, how, what, you speak Japanese? And Darren said, yeah, I'm, I'm half Japanese. And of course, Mindy went, she didn't know that. And that's how it changed all of a sudden to Paxton Yoshida. Wow. To, to capture that, that character, that essence, you know, yeah. because it wasn't originally written that way. And I think it's great because Never Have I Ever is like one of the hits for the young people uh, on, on Netflix. And as you can see, it was a multicultural class, various racial types and cultures, and which reflects what this is, this, our country has grown into and is still growing. And so it's important for people to see themselves in it. And that's why it's important. And that's why it's so popular, I think, because it's finally when you see, like there's a, there's a, um, a study out saying when a cast has multicultural or diverse casts, more people from the different cultures, aside from the white, will watch the show and bring the numbers up. And that's what you're, that's what you originally want to get, you know? Yeah. And so that's the interesting thing about also the story reinforces the story of Manzanar, the relocation, America's concentration camp. And the, uh, the irony is when in one of the first roles um, I had in, back in 1975, was released in 76, was Farewell to Manzanar, again, based on Jeannie Wakatsuki Houston's story of being a child and winding up in the camp and playing her older brother, Teddy, which of course is like weird because I played, played Ted Yoshida <laughs> and I played Teddy Wakatsuki. <laughs> and, you know, and it was wow. like back in at that time, it was like, and to this day, it's like one of the only um, movie of the weeks on television that has the camps as a subject matter. And why it was important was it separated and, and, and it spoke to the public and to the populace that it was about a family, you know, in the same way that Roots really impacted the national psyche because you dealt with family. They yeah. were not nameless field hands or whatever that people could distance because people got into, what do you mean? How can you, how can you separate your child from this person, your parents or this and that? What yeah. do you mean they own that person, they could do whatever they want. And I think it's for the first time, um, people made a connection. You know, it's an interesting thing is that for the longest time, uh, of course, the remnants of World War II and the Second World War, the Japanese were, oh, okay, kind of militaristic and, you know, a lot of stereotypes. But when they did uh, Shogun, it became the most popular miniseries around because all of a sudden, People were going, Jesus, the Dutch and the Westerns, they're really dirty people. They have no sanitary <laughs> habits. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. <laughs> and it's it, it's that kind of thing, right? Yeah. They, they take a bath. But look at the <laughs> Japanese. There's essence, the cleanliness. I mean, they're brutal, or, uh, of course, but at the <laughs> same time. They're, they're brutal. They're brutal, but they're, they're clean people. <laughs> you know, 
know, it's sort of like, uh, you didn't succeed? Uh, yeah, go ahead. It's called, you know. Clyde, it's, cool. it's, <laughs> Clyde, what a pleasure it has been uh, uh, talking with you. Uh, I have a quote that I really love that I came across, uh, something that you said, and I believe it's the secret to your longevity over almost 50 years um, in uh, performing and um, giving of yourself and your talent. And this is, this is what you said. You said, be willing to do the work. Be willing to get the work. Be willing to adapt to the new, new that's coming along and stay out of, don't you know who I am and what I've done? Be in that state of humility, yet preparedness. And I'm going to close with that because I, 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 I believe that is um, uh, a motto that um, uh, is for all of us in life in terms of as we move forward, no matter how old we get, no matter how long we've been doing what we do, uh, always, always be in the state of humility, willing to learn, um, and uh, be in the, always in the state of preparedness, which means you're, you're open to learn always and so thank you so much for sharing that sure. Clyde um, that is that is really really beautiful and we've got so many so many comments that are coming in uh, and um, I, I do want to share them Kay Bennett uh, talking about that scene from never have I ever she goes oh my god my eyes are leaking she says uh, there um, and uh, here is uh, Marie Kahiao she says great scene I got chicken skin too on that um, hmm. And uh, Marty, M Marty Byrne says, uh, uh, I found it on Prime. I'm not sure. This is on Netflix, is the um, is uh, Never Have I Ever. And I encourage our friends to, to check it out. It's really, really a wonderful, a wonderful uh, series. And um, it is the reason why I lost sleep um, last night. So uh, <laughs> I, don't blame, I don't blame you, Clyde. Oh, my goodness. Um, and let me, let me tell you, this is another thing I just recently picked up uh, regarding a mentor, you know, like Mako was my mentor and everything like that. So it's a, it's a short quote, to surpass your mentor is to repay the debt of what he gave you. Ooh. And it's, it's by Yoshida, who was a Bunraku puppet master, Ooh. you know, cause it's, it's a lot of times you feel funny kind, right? Cause you only used to, to be the mentee with the mentor. And you feel mm -hmm. kind of guilty for, you know, maybe getting more, doing more than the mentor was able to do. But a statement like that is really like, no, that's what it is. Yeah. Your good work repays the debt of what he gave you. And so he's passing it on, you know. So a lot of times people forget that. Just <laughs> what I did. <laughs> Here's um, Hawaii Voice for Sovereignty. Catherine Bachnight has a great documenta uh, documentary out. She's a photojournalist, and she's saying that's great advice. That's so wonderful. Well, um, I don't care. I don't care what um, C. Honda said about the green room. Uh, no, that is fresh sushi. That is um, <laughs> all, all fresh in there. So uh, I'm going to come back there to the green room and uh, finish off the sushi platter with you. Clyde, thank you so much. Mahalo all for right. joining us. I'll see you in the green room. <laughs> okay. Aloha. Aloha. Oh, you guys, you guys got me in trouble, man. I tell you, I tell you, this crew is hard. This crew is hard, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our visit with Clyde Kusatsu, 
today on the Aloha Friday show. We'll see you next time. And uh, thank you so much. God bless you all. Have a great rest of your week. Have a safe weekend. And uh, we'll see you next time. Aloha.